It was a cold Thursday evening. Mother had made some sweet potato chips and sauce and we were all curled up in the sitting room watching TV. Well, <laughs> mom was. Every other person was on their phone. Except for dad. You see, dad had dozed off. He was probably driving a getaway car in the third world war in his dreams or something because the snores coming out of that big man was like that of a turbo engine shifting gears. I still remember the look of sweet smile and bribery my mom gave to me just before she sent me to the kitchen to get more chips. Mugonaya, help bring more chips, oh, she said ever so softly. I grabbed the bowl and left for the kitchen. There I was, munching on the chips I was supposed to bring out when I heard the loud bang on the door. Open up! It's the police! Open up! That was all I heard before I froze. My heart was racing. Is this it? Am I going to prison? I thought to myself as I ducked under the kitchen counter, sitting on the ground with my arms wrapped around both my sheen as I rocked back and forth tensely. Yes? What is the problem, officer? I heard my mom yell out as she quickly woke my dad up. I heard that turbo engine come to a quick halt as he sprung up to his feet. That was a huge man though and heavy on the ground too. We need to talk to your son, madame. Is he home? The police said. Just then, I saw my kid bro crawl into the kitchen to join me. He was so scared and shaking already. Panting like he had just killed somebody and was running away from the cops. For a moment there, I thought. Maybe, maybe it's him they're here for. Maybe he did something too and they've, they've come to arrest him. Maybe I'm overthinking things. Besides, Big Joe said the police would never know. What are you saying, Austin? I heard. My kid brother was talking to me. Apparently, I was thinking out loud. Oh, I was losing my mind. Which of my sons do you want to see, officer? This time, it was my dad who answered them. As he opened the door, but the protector was still shut. Austin, sir. We would like to speak to Austin. Is he home? They said. No, he isn't. I sent him to town. He'll be back tomorrow morning. You can come back then. What is this about, officer? My dad replied. They said they had come to question and search me, for they had gotten credible intel that I was with weapons and was a part of a group planning imminent attack in the neighborhood. They said they would be coming tomorrow morning with a warrant to search the entire premises. Then they left. I heard my dad shut the door and walk to his seat. It sounded like Bigfoot coming down the staircase, you know. I became more afraid now than I was when the cops were banging on the door. Somehow I wish they had carted me away. I felt it'd be somewhat easier than facing my Bigfoot dad and explaining to him why I was to be searched for weapons. Austin! Beba! Austin, sir! My dad yelled out for me to come. 
I swear, in that moment, I felt my heart drop to my stomach, like, like the way a ripe mango falls off the tree. My palms all of a sudden became sweaty. And this wasn't the normal Hamatan sweat, no. This, this was fear. This was pure fear. I felt a hand on my shoulder, and then I looked up. It was my kid brother, standing over me. He looked me in the eyes and said, Good luck, bro. You will need it. And then he ran out of the kitchen as if I had a time bomb strapped to my chest about to go off and he just said his final words to me. As I walked back out to the sitting room, bowl in hand, my mom stood there beside my dad, looking me in the eyes with that look of disappointment. I put my head down as I walked slowly to where my dad sat. Give me potato, Joe, since I sent you. My sister said as she yanked the bowl out of my hands as I walked past her. She just sat there, phone in hand, with her headphones on, scrolling away on Instagram and nodding to whatever Agbeiro song she was listening to. I wasn't sure if she didn't see that I was taking a walk to the guillotine or if she didn't care. She just wanted chips. Fear who no fear last born so. So there I was, on my knees, facing Bigfoot Dad, who was raging on and on and yelling, waving his arms around and screaming at me, asking questions I, I couldn't answer. Oh well, I could, but I wouldn't, because then I'd be dead. I froze there. I, it was like I was the Flash, and they were all in slow-mo. I could see my mom shaking her head in disappointment and my kid brother behind crying for me and that last born laying on the couch laughing at some Instagram video. She was laughing. After all the screaming, I heard my dad say, go to your room and stay there till morning when the police come and they better not find anything here or I will arrest and sentence you myself. As I walked away, I saw my mom feel so sorry for me. Almost like she wanted to run after me and hug me and tell me sweet words. Or maybe I was hoping she'd do that and not see me as a disappointment. So there I was, laying on my bed, thinking how the plan had all gone south and how Big Joe betrayed me and put me in trouble when I heard a stone hit my window. I looked at the time and it was exactly 11.45, just as Big Joe said. That was my signal. It was time for my own part of the big plan. I looked out the window and there he was, Dozier standing in the grass. Okay now, our job was simple. We were to take the lighters to the south entrance of the neighborhood's old warehouse where we would find fuses wrapped in red and blue ribbons. Dozier was to light the blue fuse first 
and then 30 seconds later I was to light the red fuse. And that was it. Simple and harmless, right? Come on, it's almost time, Dusi yelled. I quietly climbed out of the window and jumped over the fence to meet Dozier and we made a run for the warehouse. Little did we know, the cops had someone waiting and watching outside the house. They followed us and we led them right to the spot. We got there in time. Dozier lit the blue fuse and we counted down 30 seconds. At 10 seconds I heard, freeze, drop the bomb and put your hands in the air. What? Drop the bomb? Who had a bomb? What bomb? How? I thought to myself. Dozier had his hands in the air, but still he kept counting down. Seven, six, five, four. And then he hit me. We were lighting a fuse. Fuse to what? I had no idea. And counting down. Counting down? That sounded a lot like a bomb to me now. Wait, was I a terrorist? Is this where I get arrested for treason and I get a mugshot? Would my mugshot even be fine? Is this, is this really a bomb? I thought. Three, two, one. It's now or never, Austin! Dozier yelled as the police officer yanked him to the ground and came for me. And in that flash, slow-mo moment, again, I thought. It's better I get the ass whooping from my dad for actually going through with the act than being whooped for almost pulling it off. And plus, Big Joe would never bomb anyone. Anywhere. I mean, come on, he's a decent school teacher. Then I quickly lit the fuse before getting bomb rushed to the ground. And three seconds later, it goes off. A loud bang. It was fireworks. The skies lit up blue and red colors. Just then, the big old church bell down the road went ding dong. And everybody yelled, Merry Christmas. People screamed and chanted, and many people in the neighborhood came out of their houses to watch the fireworks. The police were confused and astonished, all distracted by the beautiful fireworks in the skies. It was a beautiful sight, I tell you. While they watched, Dozy and I were able to get away. Besides, we didn't bomb anyone, so... I got to the house and climbed up to my room window, but it had been locked shut from the inside. Uh oh. I tried the back of the house. Kitchen windows too were all locked. The only way to get into the house now was through the front door and the lights were on and I could see my dad sitting there in the light doing nothing, just waiting with a belt in his hand. I walk up to the door, about to push it open, when I hear Doze whisper. Good luck, bro. You're going to need it. <laughs> I was really going to need a Christmas miracle to get me out of this one. Here goes nothing. 
Trust me, it's it take a real Christmas miracle to get me out of that whooping. Boy, yeah, to get him out of that whooping because I didn't get no whooping this Christmas. <laughs> so there you have it, a little Christmas story to keep the energy and the vibe going. I hope the suspense was nice. How are you guys doing? Merry Christmas and I wish you all a prosperous new year to come. Yeah, sorry I didn't drop this sooner. I was supposed to actually drop this on Christmas Day. But you know how it is with all the plenty rice and chicken and everything that we're hunting for. <laughs> so it's dropping today. I hope you had a very good Christmas. And please, 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 in the spirit of love and sharing in Christmas, share this episode to somebody. Make them happy. Make them smile. Make them laugh. Give them that suspense that this guy is a terrorist. And don't you think it's annoying how that last one was just there laughing? I wonder why I didn't say potato. She should have called it potato instead of potato. <laughs> oh, I had so much fun making this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't be a stranger. You can always, always reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's at D Talking Phoenix. The letter D T A L K I N G P H O E N I X. Send some Christmas and New Year love our way. You understand? <laughs> that's what's up yeah so that's it for the show you can also catch me the host with the most on socials at 00phoenix for twitter and 00 underscore phoenix for instagram phoenix is spelled p-h-o-e-n-i-x don't be like those people be like phoenix yeah that's it so merry christmas once again and a prosperous new year's to come catch you guys in the next one adios <laughs>